It was perfect. That's the guy, <laughs> man. That is the guy. I'm telling you. What's good? What's good, LL Nation? Back in this piece, Lucky Lefty Podcast. We what are up, here. What up? What up? Fresh off a trip to the bin. Mm-hmm. By the way, bro, I told everybody, and you know, we laughed about it. You know, I'm leasing April 23rd for like three to four hours to know the game. Yeah, just for the game. For the spring game. And after the game, yo, we're going to celebration. We're going to have a Nora whiskey mm. in the place to be mm. somewhere in the bin. That's right. We partying. Oh, all night. We partying. So I don't know. I'm, I'm hoping that Tavon and Malik hop on the plane. We're going to be there. We already and make, there. And, and make it there. But we partying. Partying. I already had. I asked him. I said, what venue? Mm. I already told LL Nation, let me know what venue the host of that. My boy Eugene Williams said he already got a DJ for us. Yep, we already got it. Already got the DJ, but we, you know, they playing against each other, so we can't celebrate a dub that day. But we definitely, after we lease those four, the least the four hours to Notre Dame, let them do their thing, and then it's back on. It's, it's back, back on, on to the real it's show. Back on. We're gonna get bent in the bin. <laughs> Getting bent in the bin. Getting bent in the bin. That's how you do it. <laughs> Lucky Lucky Podcast. Don't forget, man. Hit the like button. Follow the YouTube channel. Oh, man. It's a lot to talk about. A lot to talk about. This guy right here, the original Lucky Lefty himself, Malik Zaire. He's got a lot to say. So if you guys were with us yesterday... You know, I played video. We discussed some things. I saw your comments of people that watched the video, the uh, show after it was live. You know, some people had some comments. You know, a couple of people said, Sean, man, I think you took things out of context. Mm. I'll respond to that. You're going to get to that. Yeah, I'm open to everybody giving their opinion. <laughs> I don't have a problem with that. <laughs> All of a sudden, you know, you can put us on the petty train. Because all of a sudden, certain publications want to publish today that all of a sudden Notre Dame is in the lead mm. with Dante Moore. Mm. So you know me, I'm petty. I retweeted it from the show Twitter page with the uh, screaming emoji and tagged Malik in it. And That's right. Pod in it like, bam. We've been, we've, been, we've, we've been saying this since like December, like like easily, easily since December, and told you how it was going, and how it was happening, dude. Told you who the two leaders, who told you who the two best. Read a story the other day, like yeah, two best relationships he has with head coaches are Mel Tucker and uh, Marcus Freeman. Huh? Where'd you hear that at? No. About a month ago, and that's such a and that's such a Marcus Freeman quarterback. That's such a guy that Marcus Freeman can be like, he run the offense, I run the defense. You know, that's my guy. I'm going to talk about him good in the media. He's a Midwest guy. Even though he's from Michigan, we can let that go. Yeah. he definitely can help Ohio. Yeah. It's like, yo, we just spin it different, man. That's all we do. That's right. I want to talk about your boy, man. I don't know if you saw this. Your boy, Caleb, I'm going to put that dude on the petty train today, man. <laughs> He's throwing out stories about Paul, Chris, 
other schools. Meanwhile, this dude brokering deals the whole time out in L.A. His list of deals came out today. We're going to talk about that before the show ends. Put that dude on the petty train. Because it's like, dude, there's no way you going to class, fam. You going no. to class, running companies? <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know how. I don't know how. I, I actually want to see the classes he's taking. Did they, did they th you think they released those? The classes that he's taking? It's probably online. They got to be. Oh, man. Because he's taking business calls. He a businessman. Man. Yo. It's crazy. It's crazy. But for, for God, you know, bear with us. Because my boy, my boy Malik, my fault the other way. My boy Malik. I got to give him a chance to respond. So I have to set up the video to give him a chance to respond because he didn't get a chance yesterday. Yeah, give me a chance. You guys get a, give us a little bit on the front end. We'll get you to the business of today. So yesterday, Marcus Freeman, you know, this might cut a wound or open a wound because Marcus Freeman talked about why he was able to go out why he wanted to hire a guy like Al Golden, who was the linebackers coach for the Cincinnati Bengals, straight, straight off a Super Bowl loss to the Los Angeles Rams. I had to say the loss. You know what I'm saying? I know my boy is kind of hurting over there. But we I'm didn't. Saying. We didn't lose in our spirit. That's all. We lost on the scoreboard. Is a totally not, different thing. Not the spiritual thing. Nah, nah, not, not the spirit. Not the spirit. <laughs> the score didn't determine that victory that we had. <laughs> Marcus Freeman on why Al Golden was the right guy. I didn't know Al Golden personally, but I, I knew who Al Golden was, right? I knew Al Golden is the head coach um, at Temple and at Miami um, and had an unbelievable reputation. And so it was a unique opportunity for me to kind of interview a person over time. And so we were able to do Zoom interviews while they were um, – you know, kind of going through their season just to stay in contact, just to talk. But I wanted to respect his process of preparing each week um, for the Cincinnati Bengals. And so um, I was looking for a guy with head coaching experience. I was that was to me something that we did not have on our staff that I thought was going to be extremely valuable. And um, he has that, but also a guy that has intelligence. The more we met, the more we talked. I learned right around right away. This this person understands football. He understands scheme and in. You know, I was also looking for a person that didn't want to come in here and just drop his playbook, right, and say, hey, this is what we're doing. No, Al Golden was a guy that said, hey, let me evaluate what you all are doing. Let me evaluate your players, and let's put together the best scheme, right? And, and ultimately, he is the defense coordinator, and I want to make sure everybody understands. Al Golden's defense coordinator. Marcus Freeman is not the defense coordinator, and he has to take this thing over. But the ability to come in and to adapt to what our players know, I think, is a huge benefit for our players. My job is to always take care of our players. Right, and so this will be their third defensive coordinator in three years, and so if you talk about three defensive schemes in three years, that's that's difficult, that's tough, but the ability for somebody to come in and say, okay, let me learn what they know, and then let's enhance it from there, that to me was what I was looking for. This man must went to politician uh, speech school. <laughs> the way this man's up there, right, with the suits, difficult and tough, but when they come in, they're going to adapt and learn. You know, he hit you with some. Some Denzel lines, another good one by Marcus Freeman. But he's absolutely right. I think he's doing the best job he can of managing and putting guys in position to where he can can turn his back and, and feel good about what they're doing uh, when he's not constantly over everything. 
it also frees him up, like you said, to be that player's coach, to be that lead recruiter, to be the face of the program, to be the guy that can can lead off in uh in these parent meetings and in these recruiting battles because he can be that forefront. And I think especially changing the perspective, it's a different face when Notre Dame is sending out Marcus Freeman and he's showing up to your school, he's showing up in your living room, he's calling you on the phone. That's that's a huge difference and a huge change of, of, of speed, I would even say, than than the previous. So there's definitely uh, this is the groundwork needed to be put in, and I'm glad that he's taking this ownership and not just sitting in the back and letting people go out and do it for him. He's uh, he's kind of did it in reverse. He's kind of let people do it for him in house because he's trusting that uh, they can they can hold that job. Like you said, being a head coach and having that experience, it's essentially head coaching the defensive side of football. Yeah. Being able to manage the position coaches and kind of run that from just one side of football. And I know he's got Tommy and and he's standing a couple other guys that he know he can work with as well. And just be a manager of a of a corporation that's really uh on 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 tilt to be something special, especially in the next couple of years. So, you know, one thing that I didn't know and it didn't hit me until he said it is like, wow, they have gone from yo from you got Elko to it's been three different defensive coordinators. And that is tough. I know you got you experienced changing the uh offensive coordinators while you were there. It's just yeah. a difficult what's what's the most difficult thing? And he went on to say that the one thing he wants to keep is terminology. That he doesn't care what changes, he wants to keep terminology. From a coordinator standpoint to an athlete standpoint, what is the most difficult part of that transition when you bring in a new coach to a position room or as an OCDC? Well, a lot of it is just philosophy, I think. Um, like from since Coach Martin to Coach LaFleur, it was it was a huge change just in the understanding of the game. It's just a different way to look at it. Mm -hmm. uh, you saw things that we tried to keep in line. And I think a lot of it was easier because Brian Kelly, it was his system. And similar to what Marcus Freeman said about Al Golden allowing him to evaluate and see where he can plug in, it was more of a supporting of what Brian Kelly's system was right. that just evolved with the coaches that came in. So we added RPO with Sanford, with Stanford. Uh, we did more uh, – one-on-one uh, -on -one stuff when we got LaFleur, more NFL-type stuff in terminology when we got LaFleur. So uh, those are the things that it was just the evolution of, of a base and the foundation that we had on offense. Now, defensively, is a little different. You go from BBG to Elko to, to Marcus Freeman to, you know, even Al Golden now. It just really changes that, that dynamic a little bit. But defense is a lot easier to adapt because you're still going to play cover two, you're still going to play cover three, you're still going to play man in some sense. Mm -hmm. uh, you're going to have to get some of the patterns down on the blitzes. But that's something that you always feel like you're refreshing at the beginning of any camp. So it's just at this point, it's just really interesting to see how the, the attitude of the defense changes. That's something that we want to experience what the attitude is. I don't think the adjustment or the knowledge is going to hinder them. I think the attitude of the physicality 
is what we'll see with this defensive coordinator as opposed to ones in the past. Well, you know, the month they're talking national defense, I mean, national championship on the defensive side of the ball. That's right. We talked about that since they met with the media, the new guys that returned, even the youngsters on defense, Jalen Sneed, Jaden Mickey, they too. Talking brash, bold, letting it be known. Like they expect to be a national championship defense. And so Al Golden walks into a situation and you correct me if I'm wrong, dude, because college football for me, when I was telling LL Nation yesterday, like, if you just want to coach and that's all you want to do, there's no better place to be than the NFL. Right. That's all you do. That's all you do. All day, every day, go to the building, watch film, coach. You don't have to be on the road. You don't have to be calling players and parents. Yeah. To become what you are, you got who you have, you coach, and that's what you do. That's, that's right. And that's you right. Take a little break when the season is over. So if you purely want to coach, NFL coaches are like the Jedi. They're pure. That's what they do. They're the Jedi. When it comes to college football, that's almost like being a part of the empire, bro. Mm-hmm. Because you have to, and I think Al Golden at Miami and at Temple. And as an assistant coming up in the ranks, he experienced the dark side of college coaching. Yeah. What you have to do and what you have to go through to get kids to come to your school. Like, look, man, I don't care who you love as a coach. I doubt very seriously that there is a 100% pure coach in college football that hasn't fractured, bent, or done something to the NCAA rule book. Right. That's just the business. That's the culture of college football. And so it's not, there's the purity of coaching is not there. Now you could say you're an educator because you're dealing with young men and you're throwing in school with football. But if you're just talking about purely coaching football, there's no better place to be than the NFL. That's right. So when Al Golden stands in front of the media and he says, I was impressed, and I told my wife these words about Marcus Freeman. For me, it was the quote of the day. This is Al Golden talking about Marcus Freeman and why he came in Notre Dame. Again, I was happy in the NFL. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, it was an uh, incredible experience, and um, to be down there with Coach Taylor and the defensive staff, it was just, it was just, it was awesome, um, and to be able to coach players that bought into a team. Like, that's hard. That's hard to leave, you know. So it's, it's conflicting when you're going through it. Uh, but at the end of the day, um, when Coach Kelly left, um, there was a time there. Where I didn't know if uh, Marcus was going to be the head coach. But then when he was the head coach, I listened to his press conference. And I told him this at a later date. And I, and I told my wife, I said, uh, I share his values. I listened to his press conference. And I said, you know, that would be a place that would get me back. Uh, just what Notre Dame represents um, from a community standpoint, from a character standpoint, uh, from an educational standpoint. It just meant so much. To me, it's always been about the four C's, right? Classroom, community, uh, on the field of competition, um, and then what you do in the complex. So those four C's make up who we are, right? And I was like listening to Marcus, and I'm like, I told my wife Kelly, I said, you know, I, I, I don't really have to change to be a partner with that, that guy right there. Like, I was really impressed. Yeah, 
It was at that. I'm gonna tell you something, man. I told everybody yesterday. It was at that moment. I almost needed the ushers to come fan me off. Bro. <laughs> I heard. I heard the. I heard the organ tuning up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was tuning up. That's for sure. Almost, almost ran around the media room. Bro. Yeah, that's right. Because he almost, was really, he was really saying something now. All, well, I already stood out in the media room, <laughs> but that was gonna be another reason. Like I do, I almost did a lap. That's right. I almost did a lap because we try to tell people all the time on this show and this podcast how special Notre Dame is. We we try to tell people that all the time, and like when you. No one else in the country has this package on the roof yeah. trail. Not no at one. all. Not at no all. No one. And to have someone on the outside looking in that can recognize not only the program, the school, and Marcus Freeman, and to say, like, to get me to go back, because I don't want to say that BS, but like I said, the peace and purity of coaching that is the NFL, to go back to this coaching recruiting dealing with the media dealing with alums all of that when you can just sit back and just coach for him to say it was a guy like marcus freeman at this school that can get yeah. me back to this spoke volumes it 100 did especially from a guy like he said it was a conflicting team he was leaving it wasn't like he was leaving the giants or the buffalo bills where you're like i'm out of here he really looked at it and was like, this is a Super Bowl team. This is close to Dayton. It's hard to lead a jungle. And it's Joey Burrow, a.k.a. Tom Brady. And I'm leaving all this to come down and hang with another Dayton guy who shares the same values. Yeah. That's something that's that's special because that that's just any that just that just hypes up the moment even more. Mm -hmm. Like we're not pulling the guy from the bottom of the, the heat. We're pulling the guy that's at the cream of the crop right now. Yep. Top of his game. And he was pulled, and even told his wife he was pulled to work for a guy like Marcus Freeman. So it just makes the, the story of why this, this executive cabinet that you call a football team at Notre Dame and that coach's office is real, is real executive, real special. I think Marcus Freeman has been said all the right things. You know, he's done all the right things to put the team in position. Now I'm really expecting his spring game to just be even more special along with the spring practices that's going to be highly intense. And, you know, you got some serious coaching in that room. <laughs> yeah. Matter of fact, you spoke about spring practice. I think Marcus misspoke yesterday or Wednesday when he said, he said two weeks from Thursday, when mm. spring practice starts. Uh, I guess the announcement came down today, March 17th. March okay. 17th is the beginning of practices. So that's the next time I'll be in the bin for St. Patty's Day. I already know it's hey, spirits are gonna be flying on that day in the bin. St. Patty's Day in the bin. Something special. Man, bro, how did y'all handle that? Like, what was it like as a player, St. Patty's Day in the bin? Well, you know, you're busy if you're playing football, so that's it's it's, it's really another day, but yeah. You know, yeah. you wear your little green at workout in the morning, and then, you know, if you're old enough, you might go across the street, get you a little natty light or something. Keep it light. light. Yeah, keep it light. And then, you know, you got to practice the next day. So, look here, man. This is what, 
we're going to hear from Marcus Freeman one more time. And this is Marcus Freeman being asked about the twists and turns of putting the staff together. You know, he was specifically asked about Mike Elston. And he flat out, Marcus Freeman was about as transparent as I've seen. <laughs> I was kind of like, wow. You know, the fact that he was like, yeah, I was surprised. Like, Mike Elston took me by surprise. Like, I thought we were good. No, he was good. We're good. Took me by surprise. Nah, he, he was surprised. He was surprised, but Elson wasn't surprised. <laughs> and you know, they asked him about Tommy Reese, and yo, that situation came up. We all know we had a controversial podcast that a lot of other people wanted to throw salt on. And uh, I just love when we're vindicated, my brother, for spinning it different. That's all. I love we're vindicated for spinning it different. It ain't so, easy being it ain't easy being cheesy or right at all. So, hey, the twists and turns are putting this coaching staff together. Ultimately, the selling point is: Do you want to be at Notre Dame? Do you believe in what Notre Dame can do for your future? Right, and and we don't we're not looking to match. We're not looking to do anything. We're trying to say, hey, here's here's the position. Do you believe this is what's best for your career? I mean, I had to fight guys for our offensive coordinator, right? Obviously, I know it's out there that there's a lot of teams and a, a certain team that won him a couple of weeks ago. And so ultimately, my conversation with Tommy Reese is, do you want to be here, man? Is this where you want to be? And, and, you know, do you see yourself getting to your ultimate goals from Notre Dame? And um, obviously, we were able to fight off some <laughs> – a lot of people to to get him. Same thing with Dylan McCullough. Same thing with Al Golden. It's when you're at Notre Dame, people want your guys. It's a part of it. When you have success, people want a part of that staff. And so, ultimately, my job is to continue to lift as I rise. Right, my head coach at Notre Dame. It doesn't get any better than that. But I think we have a staff full of people that will have goals and aspirations and. Our job, my job as head coach is to try to continue to do what's best for our players here, but also help these coaches, individuals get to their ultimate goal. Go ahead, bro. Because I, you know, I, I took things out of context. <laughs> Go right ahead. I, the floor is yours. So, first of all, we talked about this before in the Lucky Lefty podcast about the, the seriousness and how important it is that your attention has to be in that quarterback role. The attention was not in the quarterback room. We've talked about five or six different occasions on where how those distractions are not helping get us closer to sounding like the defense at least. So as a head coach and as transparent as we also mentioned Marcus Freeman is, we knew that his sentiments were similar to ours because we were just speaking the truth. So for him to openly say, yeah, I, I know teams was wanting you. So I have to ask, out of fairness, do you want to be here? Because you see, I can, I can pull Al Gold. <laughs> I can, I can get here. He's there, like you know, I, I got guys. Brian Hart is on speed dial. Yeah, and I got a guy waiting. If you really funny, you know. So I think it also is a great time for him to say it too, because we're not in spring practice yet. You got time to get your head on straight. You know, you done had your fun. You took the jet everywhere and took the calls and stuff. But I'm just letting you know a couple weeks before, hey, you know, you see what I'm working on and you see what we're building. Now, you see the defense is talking right. 
And I need y'all to start talking right too. So if you don't want to be here, let a brother know. That's it. That's it. Look, That's and it, it. And, it, and, it, and it's and it's right because we also know that you you need to be able to say that to him now because there's a lot of work to be done at Quarterman. It's not like we're having Caleb Williams just chilling in the back. Going, we know he's going to give us at least 25 touchdowns with our eyes closed. You don't know what you're going to get out of him yet. So it's a very important career because like Marcus Freeman said, it's like everybody wants you, but this is a, a big part of your career right here because this is a big evaluation year for you too if you stay. They're going to look at that quarterback that you got in that room. They're going to look at that schedule. They're going to look at how Marcus Freeman is, is coming out right. And all them calls can go away real fast. Yeah. You go out there and lay an egg versus Ohio State. So I think this is a bigger decision than for him because you don't have to get the smoke. You can go ahead and take them. You know, you hot right now, so take it as, as far as you can go. But, you know, this year in particular is would determine a lot for your own career, you know, early on. So I do think that's something to think about. But Marcus Freeman is absolutely right. I don't think Coach Kelly would have said that about Tommy Reese specifically um, if he wanted to be here, let him know type of deal. So I do think we are going to see some um, some transparency that would be good and refreshing, not only for the media, but for the, for the team. You know, the team can just be like, all right, Marcus Freeman told us in the meeting room, but he also said in the media. <laughs> right. <laughs> Right. And I'm sure that doesn't just mean just for Tommy. I think he's probably expressed that in his team meeting that, look, this is a family thing and you ain't want to be a part of it. You see all the transfer portals, you know. This is something different. Lucky Lefty Podcast. Overtime Malik. Malik Zaire, the original Lucky Lefty himself. We spent it different. So now let me respond to the people that felt like I took it out of context. Mm -hmm. Look, man, y'all can act funny style if you want to. I understand if you always want to be a defense attorney for Notre Dame, his coaches and his players, that's cool. That's part of being a fan. This man stood up and told you and millions of people watching around the world that he had to ask his offensive if he wanted to be here. Yeah. Look, man, it ain't all good if you have to ask that question in a relationship. Not publicly. So everybody talking about, oh, they on the, they on good terms. They might be on good terms now, but in that moment, anytime somebody has to ask, do you want to be here? Something's awry. Something ain't right. They definitely had to talk after that. After that comment. 100%. No, I told you. Tommy was sitting to the right <laughs> of Marcus Freeman when he made the statement. He was in the room. And when Tommy came up to the podium, he was not right. <laughs> he was not right. Tommy is unflappable. Tommy is usually really cool in front of the media. When Marcus Freeman, let it be known. Yeah. Nah. Tommy wasn't right, man. 
It wasn't right. It wasn't right. That's why he gave clunky answers more than one time during that press mm. conference. It wasn't right. That transparency messed him up. Man. Mm. Yeah. Do you want to be here? Marcus is like, yo, I'm dude. Mike Elson did this to me. Yeah, and I didn't know it. I thought we was cool. Right, we're not playing this. Mm-mm. This is not about to become a trend on my watch. We're not playing it. And that's not man, nobody coming to blows. <laughs> that's not that's not that's and and we once again we did not report it. The other Notre Dame publications reported that there was an issue between Tommy Reese. It wasn't no issue with Marcus Freeman. No. He's the boss. Yeah, that's well, the guy. Reportedly, Tommy Reese took issue because whoever he wanted for a certain position, Marcus Freeman said no. As the boss. Which reportedly, according to other Irish publications, led to the pouting and the stomping and the phone call from Miami. And now we're here with Marcus Freeman saying, look, I have to ask him. And I'm still here. I'm still on your head. You thought you thought you thought it was cool. Thank you. Yeah, you, you thought it was cool. Do you want to be here? Right? We're gonna nip it right here. So man, I don't look. We're cool because we're strong enough as two dudes, and as a podcast, we'll take the bullets. We don't care, dude. Because we're not tied in to anybody. Ain't no politics here. None. We can spit facts. Facts. And when we spit facts, you don't have to like it. Because everything we're going to say about your team isn't going to put the program in a good light. But based upon the information we have, you can trust us. If we say it, probably true. We got it on good authority. Lucky Lefty Podcast. It gets real over here. Yeah, so if you thought I took it out of context, Marcus Freeman told you. The first, the first, bro, the first thing out of his mouth. Ultimately, the selling point is do you want to be at Notre Dame? Bam, that's it. He let him know. He put everybody on notice. But Tommy, every coach on the coaching staff. Ultimately, the selling point is do you want to be at Notre Dame? That's it. Do you want to be here? Because if you don't, wait a minute, let me, let me. <laughs> ultimately, the selling point is: Do you want to be at Notre Dame? Do you believe in what Notre Dame can do for your future? Right, and and we don't, we're not looking to match. We're not looking to do anything. We're trying to say, hey, here's here's the position. Whoa, whoa! Did you hear that? That dude said, "Don't go get a cost or a contract and an offer and bring it back to us." We're not looking to match. That's not what we do. Can you hear me? Yeah, I got you. This man said we're not looking to match. That's not we don't do that in Notre Dame. So don't get don't go get an offer and bring it back like, man, what can you do? Nah, Marcus Freeman said we're not doing ultimately the selling point is do you want to be at Notre Dame? Do you believe in what Notre Dame can do for your future? Right. And, and we don't we're not looking to match. We're not looking to do anything. We're trying to say, hey, here's here's the position. Do you believe this is what's best for your career? I mean, I had to fight guys for our offensive coordinator. 
I just want to make sure that people understand that I'm not taking anything out of context. This man told you. Here it is. Here it is. Do you want it? Is this going to be the best for your career or not? And don't bring and, and we're not matching. We don't, he, said we, he said we're not matching. We're not doing none of that. None of that. None of that. He didn't even want to. He didn't want to explain all the other stuff that probably took place. Right. He said because right. he, he about to go down a list of all right. the things he had to deal with to that point. And because right. I had to listen again when he said we're not matching, I had to think of what he was talking about. He was talking about they probably went in there and tried to negotiate with this man as he's recruiting and building the team. He over here, well, uh, uh, you know the Rams offering this and it. He he's like, what? Yeah, what? Oh, oh I handle this in the press conference. We're not matching and doing none of that. <laughs> Marcus Freeman just told you we know the game, goddammit. We are Notre Dame. <laughs> I think that it was like the between the line shot that heard was heard around the world. Dude. He's not playing with you. Talk about match? Match what? Match what? I just got here. I ain't matching nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, Eugene McGovern, Sean and Malik, tell us exactly what you think is going on between Reese and Freeman and why Reese is open to going elsewhere when his opportunity is so great at Notre Dame. He just thought it was a game, that's all. He thought he could have everything he wanted. Marcus Freeman said, hey, I'm still the boss. Tommy said, okay, well, I, you know, I'm hot right now. Let me go ahead and flirt with all these other places. And ultimately, Marcus Freeman said, okay. Listen now. <laughs> he put you your hand on the stove if you want to. Yeah, you done, you done got it far away because I didn't even really hire you for real. <laughs> so you are you really pushing buttons now, and I'm going to have to put you in the media to, to make sure you you give me a decision because all this matching and flying all over the place, and, you know, you saw what I had to do with defensive line coach. I had to get him. Y'all ain't talking to him too much earlier, so – Come on, man. He's trying, he trying to run a team now. <laughs> Tyler Evans, what coach can't you wait to see next year? Um, Malik, because Malik, I, I spend time around the coaches. The dude that I can't wait to see his impact is probably other than Harry. Other than Harry. Like that's the Harry easy. dude. Yeah, that's, the, that's the easiest difference you'll see. Yeah. For me, I'm gonna be one hundred percent, bro. Chancey Stucky is the coolest dude in the world, man. <laughs> we don't need a cool dude. We no, do not need a cool let dude. Let me explain this. Cool in the sense of commands the room. Okay. Can properly convey and paint a picture of what's in his mind or the canvas of his mind. When you ask him a question about the wide receivers, I just wrote a story that's going to be up on Irish Breakdown of how he compared. I said, yo, what do you want your wide receiver room to look like? And he painted it perfect. Like every position, the skill he wants them to have. I need five different types of guys in my room. I need a guy that can do this. I need a guy that can do that. I need a guy that can do this. That's my leader. More than likely, he's going to be in the slot, but he can play outside. I mean, he just painted the picture and told you this is what we're going to look like. He told, mm. he told me, like, we're going to have two dogs. He said, we're going to have two dogs that can go get it. 
<clears throat> anywhere on the field, <clears throat> any position. He said, we're going to have two dogs. <clears throat> I'm telling you. At least that's Chad's head. We know what you're looking for. That dude, then, well, I can't say that. I have to tell you that all air. I can't release that on air. Because you know, that's premium. That's premium lucky it's, lefty it's content. It's premium, and it's really not stuff I should be releasing because oh, okay. if it gets out, it could just come across the wrong way for the program. So I don't I, I don't want to do that. But I'm telling you, the way he conveys and, and conveys to you what he's painted on the canvas of his mind so that you can visualize it. Like, yo, okay, I feel you. I feel you. Great job. So Chancey Stuckey is mine. Chancey Stuckey is mine. And Dylan McCullough, hey, man, if it was one coach that I wouldn't want to piss off in practice, it would be Dylan McCullough. That dude, like, man, I think those running backs are going to be running a lot of gases, dude, in spring. <laughs> a lot of gases, man. Oh, man. It's going to be gases, tough. It's not like... And I have to give it to you from what I've seen. That can't Audrey estimate. Looks like I told you. He looks like he wants to be the dude. I told you. I'll just estimate the guy I'm going for. Yo. Coaching staff is something serious now. (laughs) We gotta see what it looks like on in that spring practice on the field. Oh dude. Let's see. Adam Ziliad, you even feel the confidence from Al Golden that he's only been in the fold for almost a week. It feels like the D is in a lockstep with each other. The offensive side needs to catch up. Oh, definitely. You know, definitely. From a recruiting standpoint, mentality standpoint, all of that. But that mentality more than likely is going to come from the big guys up front. They're probably going to be the establishment of that mentality on the offensive side of the ball. Like, I look for them to, to dominate. And then, I'm telling you, the wide receivers are going to have some swag. I'm I'm telling you. I'm putting bank on it. That, the wide receiver room is going to look totally different than it's looked. Well, I mean, it needed some personality anyway. And I do think that Chancey Stuckey's is our best shot that we've seriously taken at improving that rule, not just shifting the coach over there. Man, you all are crazy. Eugene, yeah, I needed a praise break. This fool said hallelujah. Boy, you are stupid. <laughs> Troy, back to Yes, I need the ushers. I need the ushers to fan me off with the Mahalia Jackson fan. That's right. <laughs> It's, it's serious. It makes you want to shout for sure. Yes, everybody, if you watched the Irish Illustrated interview of Dylan McCullough, that was me to the right. That was me to the right of him. Oh, are you getting some screen time? Yeah, you know, I didn't, I wasn't asking for it. You know, they just... Uh, Jamie McNeil talk is cheap and in the end means nothing. All that matters is winning football games. I, okay, Jamie, I don't know what that was in response to, but. Oh, yeah, that's what he's hired from. He's talking about the new staff. 
I mean, I, I highly doubt after five games that this team will be two and three. Yeah, I think, yeah, I doubt will be two and three for sure. <laughs> I doubt that. Irish Shytown, we appreciate you the most real indie podcast, period. We thank you for that. Hey, man, look. Marcus Freeman ain't going to have no problem winning nine games next year. No. Okay? No. It's too much talent on the roster, bro. And on the coaches' tab. It's too much talent. It's too much talent. And it's too much talent coming in. <laughs> Especially on the defense side. Like, that's – like, people are like, man, what if Marcus has a five-win season? That's – I don't even – yeah, that's the that's not even – that's not even possible, I don't even think. Man. I wouldn't even think that's possible. I think he's guaranteed through what he's done so far a good – Nine wins, potentially ten. Like potentially ten. The biggest studs in the offense are Mayor and Joe Alt. Damn near. If Alt can get some Quentin Nelson energy, that'd be huge for the offense and for the quarterback. I think we'll be surprised next year who pops out as a star offensively. I think it's been more defined by the defense because not only do we get semi-proven guys like Brandon's. Joseph, but we also got some pretty highly talented recruits as well, and guys going into the second and third years, like in third and fourth years, like Danny Amendola and uh, and uh, and our other guy. Uh, so I, I do think it's important though that the spring shows some flashes of who can be that guy on offense, like you said, Audrey Estimate is looking like he's about to be the guy, and Logan Diggs and. Chris Tyree, his last year, and Avery. So there's a lot of guys that you expect to do well, but you want to see it, especially with Tommy Reese locking in during this, this offseason. Yeah, I agree with that. Super chat. Appreciate you, Kirk, DA Anderson Fitness. Agreed. Keep keep keeping it real. We appreciate you. Thank you so much. Um thanks for the love, Louise. Rescalvo, this is why I follow you guys. Keep it 100. I appreciate you calling them out on that funny-ish. That's the thing. It's like, man, I don't think either one of us, we said it on the previous podcast, it called calls a stir. We didn't care that Tommy took the phone call. Like, take the phone call. That was fine. Take it. But understand, just, just know, like. Taking that phone call comes with some backlash, my dude. <laughs> going, going beyond the phone call and physically going to Miami comes with some backlash, my dude. Yeah, like you thought you just finna walk, like walk around. Right, See, that's what happens you. when you when you when you wasn't hired by the guy. You think you thought you? That's what happens. He thought he's just gonna walk back on campus like nothing happened. Come on, man. That that man, look. It's like when you show out at school, you think when you come home, you're not going to get it twice. So you thought you was going to show out at school and then just come home and eat dinner? <laughs> no, no, no. No, no, no. My dude. 
Nobody, and that's the thing. Like we don't just do what podcast has big up or thrown flowers at Tommy more than us. We told you for months the job he's been doing, creating relationships with Dante Moore, Vazina, Carnell Tate. Yep. Carnell Tate. We told you this podcast told you Tommy Reese has been putting in work. We don't hate that dude, but come on, man, you moving, yeah. You see, you see what the other side of the ball talking about. <laughs> I ain't seen our quarterback come out and say, "Yeah, we finna whoop everybody's ass." I haven't seen it yet. Like Wayne Miller, I don't understand. Taylor and McNulty get promoted, and you show love. But Reed's getting a chance to move up to the NFL, and so much hate. That we, what, what, what are you talking about? We just said, take the call. Do what you want to do. Marcus Freeman said, look, we know you hot right now. We had to beat, fight other teams off for you. What? What else you want us to do? <laughs> do you want to be here, man? We just saying, yeah, do you want to be here? Like, we're we trying to formalize. We're trying to get this staff set in place. Do you want to be here? Stop playing these games. I'm about, to, I'm about to get funky with it now because we've been real PC with it. All right? <laughs> Marcus is basically telling Tom Reed, look, I'm not playing. We, I'm done playing these games. I'm done yeah. with trips. We're not doing these trips no more. We got spring practice no. coming up. We got recruiting coming up. And we need to get this quarterback in the fold so wide receivers and everybody else can start signing. And you out playing these games. What's it going to be? What is it going to be? Do you want to be here? Like, we can cut, cut. I don't care about how you felt, your feelings, all of that. No, I don't care. We two grown men. Do you want to be here? Because if you don't want to be here, let me know. Let me know. Let me know. Let me know. And if that's the case, and you want to go to the NFL, bounce. If the best place for you is with the Rams, bounce. If the best place for bounce. you is down to Coral Gables, bounce. Bounce. But we not. It's okay, baby. Because you're not slowing nothing game. down here. We're not playing that match no. game. We're not doing that. Mm -hmm. You're not pulling us in it. We're not doing no more phone calls, no more None phone calls, no more. It's either you in 100 or you not. Period. Because this one foot in, one foot out, we're not doing that. And if you all want to get mad because we exposed the fact that the head coach threw that out there for everybody to hear, I mean, he, he told you, too. He said, this is the ultimate selling point. What you want to do? <laughs> but I do think he'll learn uh, through that that transparency, there's going to be something that falls out as a result. It can't. There's no more black and white. I think they're just going to get the answer. Dude, it's crazy. And once again, people get mad. And this is the crazy thing. They don't get mad at the publication that prints the story. The publication that printed the story about the trip to Miami, they get mad at us for reading it, talking to people, and saying 
okay. We didn't do. When he went to Miami, we didn't say we didn't say a word. We said, oh. No. We see what this is about. And we threw flowers at Mario Cristobal like, we see you, my dude. We see you. And Marcus Freeman saw it too. We see you. This isn't about Tommy Reese. You want that quarterback that he has a relationship with. Mm. We, see right. you. we see you, fam. And ultimately, what ended up happening? Marcus Freeman was sitting there at the podium like that cat Thanos with his helmet off. Where has it brought you? Yeah, where has it gotten you? Where has it gotten you? Back to me. <laughs> yeah, you back you back over here. That's still one of the most G moments in cinematic history. <laughs> Cat Thanos. Yeah. Like, You're going through all of this. And it's brought you right back to me. That was Marcus Freeman at that right point. Right here. That's right. That's it. Told him to him straight up. It said, it said, what are you going to do about it? Because there's no more running away, no more running around. Let's go ahead and get some work in. Man, look. Lucky Lefty Podcast. Hey, everybody in the chat, stop taking everything we say so serious, man. Sometimes you got you to gotta flow with us. Sometimes we get a little silly. Just a little bit. A little silly. We started talking about Brian Hartline and the speed dial. We just poking fun. Yeah, we, That's you know, it's all alleged. Cats will take what we say, and then they run to other message boards and talk about it. Not the other message boards. Yeah, not the dude. other message boards. We got yeah. the chat right on yeah. the other side. You like see? the chat, like the dude that used to be on here, Carnivorous Lunar Activity. He used to listen to the show. Oh, you remember the name. Yeah. That's his YouTube page. My man tried to come at us during the press conference. Like F Lucky Lefty. I was like, oh, okay. Mm -hmm. I see. You must be saying something right. So you know how petty I am. I sent him a message through YouTube. Like, Yo, what's up? <laughs> what's up with it? You be chasing us. down the, uh, the little box. Hey, holler at us. His app was in the chat. I was like, oh, okay. Like, F us? Okay. What's good? You know where we're at every day. Because he claimed, you know, somebody you gave him an eye roll after one of his comments. I mean, uh, if your comments well, are the eye roll, my man. That's that's on you. Because we spin it different in the chat, too. The chat spins a difference. So don't come here with those BS things. Chadwick Brown, thank you for the super chat. Do you realize that Marcus Freeman will be the first black head coach to win a national championship at this level? I mean, is that true, Phil? Off the top of my head, I can't think of a black head coach. I don't I mean, know. Eddie Robinson's won national championships at that level. Not a national championship, but I mean, if it is, I mean, the dude that Notre Dame is pretty special. And to do it as a kid from Dayton, oh, 
Demetrius Rex, Freeman always like LSU and other coaching opportunities before being named head coach. I don't know what the issue is with Tommy looking at more financially beneficial systems. Look, man, Tommy started looking after he threw a tantrum because he couldn't get his way. Dude, what else do y'all have to hear, man? It wasn't like somebody was calling him just to call him. And it wasn't financial because Kelly offered him a whole bunch of money. And he said no. And he came back. Wait and a he minute. he said no. Bro, this is my issue. This is my issue. Don't come back from LSU and tell those players you said no to LSU because this is the place you want to be and they are the players mm -hmm. that you want to coach. And then two months later, turn around. That's the problem with college football, dude. It's a bunch of liars. A bunch Liars. of I don't want to hear nothing about no opportunity. At some point, as a man, your word has to mean something. When you say something to kids, you have to make that word stand up and wait for the next opportunity to come at the right time. You don't tell a group of kids you want to take them to a national championship in December and then turn around and take a phone call in February and all of a sudden you're gone. That's not cool. If that's the type of integrity you work with, I don't work with that. I'm all for a man going out and getting his money. But at some point, your word has to be bond. It has right. to be. And right now, his word is shaky. It's real shaky. And if y'all, that's the type of dude you want coaching your son that will tell him something to his face and then have a small issue because of what's been reported, about him not getting the coach at a certain position that he wanted, and all of a sudden he's picking up phone calls that have been coming the whole time and he was saying no to? That's the type of dude you want? Come on, man. Miss me with that. Has nothing to do with whether I dislike the dude. That right there is shade. Or not. That right there it is. is not integrity. It's not. Period. That's not integrity. It's just not, man. I, and, and I wonder how. And I wonder how. To continue to say we don't care that he took the phone call, but you told you taking the phone call opened up Pandora's door's box. And now everybody's questioning you. And every bit of backlash that you're getting, you deserve it. I don't want to hear this. Everybody can go make their money. No, nah, man. So basically, everybody just can just lie. Everybody in the world can just lie and do what they want to to do what's best for them. I don't. That's not the world. That's not the world I live in. I don't rock. That's like the world that. I live in. Uh -uh. Uh -uh. I just don't. I don't rock like that, man. You can't. You can't do that. We told you. The first time we talked about in the podcast, let us connect the dots. Mario Cristobal tried to get you back in 2019. That's a fact. It's been reported. That's a fact. You already have a relationship. It's a fact. You know. That's been reported. Fam. You know why Mario Cristobal is calling you right now. You know why he's calling you. 
Who calls a you the lead a recruiter or Dante Moore? Who would leave Notre Dame to go to Miami right now? Miami ain't one jack. That the program is nowhere near what Notre Dame is. Nowhere near it. And that's why that hire was based on this Dante Moore, because that was the lead, is the lead right now, him and Marcus Freeman. And he had to. Tommy's not stupid. Tommy knew. No. What Tommy the knew. What the factor for the phone call was. Tommy definitely knew. And because he was emotional, he allowed himself to be put in a difficult situation. And you deal with the ramifications, my man. You made the decision, you got on the plane, you sat, you talked, you came back, you had a conversation. And Marcus Freeman let it be known that he told you, man, skip all that. Skip all that. Skip all that. I don't care nothing. You're not matching you none of that. I don't care nothing about that coach. And you not liking that. I don't care about the emotions, all of that. Do you want to be here? Forget all of that. We sift through all of that. Do you want to be here? Because if not, come on, man. At some point, right is right and wrong is wrong. Well, it's just a decision, too. I think just being decisive. He's waited so long on just either taking it or not taking it. But I like you said, you get you stand in front of them kids and tell them you want to take them to the promised land. And then two months later, you flying around. I don't know how you go back to it, you know, with addressing that. How do you go back to your team and address the rumors that you just said you wanted to be there? How do you go in that quarterback room? Them boys is thirsty for knowledge and, and getting better. And you in L.A. and Miami and, and every, other, every other place, that's not giving the confidence to two guys who hasn't started a game in over, well, one since high school and two since he's been there. Dude, I can't. Yo. I hate to reiterate, man. Like, there's nobody, no other podcast that has thrown flowers at the feet of Tommy Reed for his work and recruiting. We fairly said that he is in the spotlight as the offensive coordinator this year and his development of Tyler Buckner. But let man look. When the head coach lets it be known, what went down? Forget us. Believe Marcus Freeman. That's all. Just listen to him. And if you felt like if you feel like Marcus Freeman, yeah, I think they're all on one accord right now. I fully believe that. Yeah. I believe that. I believe they had a conversation, a come to Jesus conversation. Like, yo, mm-hmm. like you have. Malik, you don't have these conversations when everything is good in a relationship. No. This is the conversation when you become empty nesters and all the kids are gone. Yeah, that's exactly right. Y'all been hanging in there for the kids. And now it's just you two, and now you're like, yo, you know, hey, you still want to do this? Because we go <laughs> bounce. We go bounce. It's like, yo. That's all I'm saying. Like, there's no reason for Marcus Freeman to say that unless everything, unless things had gotten a little, a little tricky. Like, yo, 
And it had to because the question probably wasn't even framed. You know, and like you just said, that's not uh, fair. That's not fair to Tyler and Drew. That, and that's and that's the biggest concern. You got even Steven and Jelly's in there. He's like, man, I just got here. You talking about potentially leaving? So the impact it has on recruiting and especially not having a quarterback coach because your quarterback coach, office coordinator is in and out. That's why it's different where the recruiting and transfer portal wouldn't have been bad because if we got a dude like Caleb, none of this would be the issue because we also became unattractive when you got the Notre Dame head, uh, office coordinator and quarterback coach looking at other places. So a lot of times maybe we didn't even have a shot because of the uncertainty at home. It's, it's man, look. I think if I can be one hundred percent honest, I, I think he took. I don't think he thought it would get out, and then I don't think what had already transpired would be connected to the story. And he, I don't think he thought publications would would we'll run, run with it. And make it as big. Yeah. So it's like we didn't do. We don't. We don't have our website up yet. So yeah, it's definitely on the way. We didn't report it. We didn't write it. But the other publications did. So did they take it out of context? Like <laughs> they reported it. And, and according to reports, I see the chat is asking this question, and I'm not trying to avoid this. According to the report. The issue was over the hiring of the tight end coach. Allegedly. McNulty. Allegedly. McNulty left. Jared Park, Jared Parker was the guy. And allegedly, there was a, a, a that was the guy that the difference came over. Allegedly. Okay. Okay. So once again, yo, you're the OC, my man. You're not the HC. You're not the AC. And it's, and it's the title means so much. It means so much. Dude, you may be like even the DC gave up his his his, his job as an HC to be a DC under a guy who's never been a DC a head coach. Before. And let me do, man, be cool. And I said this yesterday when we got through being honest. Like, be cool, man. This is not. I'm not saying, man, y'all don't be going for Tommy's head. That that's that's not what this, this is. This ain't it. That's not what this is about. We're just being honest about what Marcus right. told us. Like, yo, this is what went down. You connect that with the reports that were out there. And Marcus Freeman let it be known. Like, yo, at no game. Um. This is the way we're going to conduct ourselves. And if you don't like it, you know, no problem. But I'm going to address it one way or another. Either we talk about it in private or it's hitting the media, apparently. Right. <laughs> right. You know, so when you ask that question, like, do you want to be here? Yeah, the follow-up question behind that is, uh, dude, you want to be here? Yeah. You still want to do this? Yeah. 
okay, are we exclusive? Like, let me know. Let me know. I need to know if we're exclusive. Because if I get if I hear again that you're talking, texting with cat. That's it. Taking interviews. Yeah. Don't be surprised. Taking interviews. Right. That's 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 that come to Jesus conversation. Like, hey man. And I think I think he got the message too. You know, because nobody's no, no head coach is really doing that. And Nick Saban wouldn't do that to his staff, but this is a new flavor in the building. <laughs> See, Matt, 2011 DT said you gotta dump them side chicks. <laughs> gotta dump them. Yo, you had your little fun. Time to dump them. That's not what happened. Get with the real one. Yeah, it's really not what happened. It's the way. It the way it happened. Moving, the way you were moving. The intention moving. behind it. Yeah. yeah. It's greasy. It's real greasy. It's like, oh, we cool. But, man, you moving kind of shifty right now. Kind of shifty. Tommy S. Tommy has been told, can we move on and be successful? This is the big question now. Like, Tommy's not about the sandbag and do a bad job. I I don't think it's all cosmetic. It's all this is all cosmetic stuff. Yeah, it know. really is. It really is. That's why I'm saying, like, yo, this is not you know, take Tommy's head off. No. But it's like, yo. And I talked about it yesterday. I don't know if you saw this clip. I'll give you an opportunity to. Tommy was asked a question about being a part of interviewing coaches to add to his staff. And if if that made him or what did he learn from the process and how did it make him a better coach? Right. And you know, mm -hmm. tell me what you think about his answer. Yeah, that's a that's a really good question. I haven't um I think anytime you're put in an experience that's new, you know, you can learn a lot of lessons and it can be invaluable. You know, I don't know where my career is going to be a year, two years, five. To, I, don't, I don't have the answers to that. I know that from December 1st hit until now, I will be a better coach moving forward. I will be a better leader moving forward because of the relationship and the interactions I've had with Coach Freeman. I know that for, for a fact. Um, what that leads to, I'm not sure. Um, I'm not really worried about that right now. But I do think there will be a time where I'll look back on this experience and understand that. You know, it served very valuable for whatever's next. <laughs> he, he still won't commit to being here. How many times are you going to have to tell us you don't know if it's a year, five years, next year, three years? But then you tell us, I can't think about that right now. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you're thinking about it. That's exactly what you're so hard to say. Because what's so hard to say, oh, I'm here. I'm. It don't even matter. I'm here the whole time. And I think you keep saying, looking back at this experience, because you thought you had us. <laughs> <laughs> you thought you were just going to go everywhere in the world, have a world tour, and then come back and then just they didn't play fiddle with us. Like, we just was going to wait on you to die in hand and foot. Man. But to still not commit to us, and to still 
said you only learn from this experience and that in this finite amount of time you're only thinking about that's not that's I'm not I'm not going that. Come on. You think I'm buying that? So just in this finite amount of time, that's as much as you're gonna learn. Your interactions with coach and look like yeah, your interactions. Oh, you 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 didn't even that's so that's so disingenuous. Your interaction that could be like you farted past him or something. You know, he ain't talking about no relationship. Say nothing about no relationship. Let's put it like that. No, he definitely didn't say anything about a relationship. He, he didn't say like that's my brother. That's my guy. I didn't tell my girlfriend that this is. You know, he ain't giving you the Al Gold. The Al Gold mm-hmm. had you all like. Remember the Titans Denzel moment. Right, right. Tell me talking about <laughs> tell me talking about my interactions with the guy. Right. He's cool with me. Come on, man. Come on, man. What are we, he, he, you know he was hurt. His feelings was hurt during the during the response. Man. So news came down today. There will be no playoff expansion. Uh, they were tape bring it back to the table in 2026. It remains in the same format. Uh, no surprise, in my opinion. Uh, we talked about it with multiple guests on this podcast. The pushback has been that the SEC is trying to play bully ball, and if they expand to 12, the SEC wants three spots guaranteed. And it's like the other conferences are like, dude, what are you talking about? Like, we're we're expanding well, to give yeah. everybody an opportunity, and you're trying to, like, take spots. So if you got three spots, you know, we have to get two spots to the Big Ten. And, hey, I'll tell you now, they expand to 12. You might as well pen, uh, pencil uh, uh, Notre Dame in just about every year. 12? Oh, easily. We would just make it We would just make it every year. That's it. That's cool. Like, that takes all the pressure off Notre Dame. We don't have to go undefeated. Well, we wouldn't even, yeah. It'd be, yeah, we wouldn't even be undefeated. Yeah. So that's incredible. That is it's not going to happen. And, um, yo, we appreciate it. I told you about your boy, Caleb Williams. I'll get to him shortly. But I want to play this running back Logan Diggs on his Twitter page today. Talked about something very special that Notre Dame players are doing. Well, something you are into, my brother, NFTs. What's good, y'all? It's Logan Diggs, number 22 from the Notre Dame football team, and I just wanted to reach out to you guys and tell y'all what we have in store coming up. Um, my teammates and I have teamed up to help launch an NFT collection called the Irish Player Club that will basically serve as an uh, early access pass and for the best fan experience for you guys. Um, it will be greatly appreciated by everyone if you guys actually went and help support us and buy some of these NFTs because 75% of the profits go directly to our team and you know that'd be greatly appreciated by all of us uh these nfts gonna sell march 1st on irishplayersclub.com i repeat they gonna sell on irishplayersclub.com you guys will sign up early right now and get these things before they get sold out two two times yes sir I want the 91 yard run by Kyron. I'm telling you now, I'm beating everybody in the All might as well back up, back up. I'm getting back the Kyron. I'm getting the Kevin Austin two point conversion at Virginia Tech. I'm taking both of them. Yep. I'm taking them yep. both. I had to book, put those in the grocery bag. Put them in That's the grocery true. bag. I'm, I'm snagging them. Back up off of me. So, That's everybody, right. those, those are. Go support, as he said, 75% of the proceeds. Look, 
You want something attractive? Notre Dame fans need to support what the Irish players are doing. If you want something attractive to get recruits to say, yo, that's something I can lock into. What the squad is doing with NFTs, go do it. You've been talking about how creative Notre Dame can be via NFTs or NIL is the opportunity. Go support them first. Go support. Let's sell it out. Sell it out. Sell it out. But I'm telling you, y'all not outbidding me for the Kyron 91 yard. (laughs) But them 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 two is them two is off the table. And and if if they happen, if they happen to if they happen to get in contact with my boy Malik over the coming week or a couple of weeks, and I get that wheel full of touchdown. Oh man, I'm, that's mine too. Oh man, that's a good one. I might have to get that's on that too. one too. That's mine too. Back up off of it. Back up. <laughs> and I might snag his first career touchdown against USC. I might snag that one too. See, that's that's a, that's a, that's a real real special one. I right might there. snag that one and gift it to him. Against again against the SC, yes, sir. SC. So everybody, <laughs> go support once again Irish Players Club. Go support.com. Irishplayersclub.com. NFTs March 1st. They go on sale. It let me then let us know what NFT are you looking to grab. Heck yeah. Matthew, you darn right. I'm throwing some coin down on this and supporting the players. It's huge. This would be huge in recruiting, especially if the recruits get to see what they're doing. Will, I feel you. Support, man. (laughs) Man, I love LL Nation. Y'all a buck. Wow. So before we get out of here, um, yeah, I think we can do this all inside. We can do it all inside. You know what time it is. It's time to get petty. Oh, we did a good job executing are you upset with something? And fire up the Petticoat Junction train. I just don't like you. You don't? No. What is today's Petty Historic? Petty Junction. Yo, Petty Junction, Petty Stories of the Day. Look, my petty story, I'm throwing Caleb Williams on the petty train, man. Mm. My man was out there the entire time, acting like he was thinking about where he was going, only to realize that this dude was out there brokering deals. You knew he was. Out there brokering deals, man. He's the hottest quarterback in the country. You know he's out there making money moves. Like, what are we really doing? What are we really doing, dude? So let me... I had the list up. Let me find it once again, dude, because it is pretty impressive. I have to say this. These are all the things he did and put together. 
while he was out there. Let me go ahead and remove this so we can come back in, bro. The three weeks after he transferred, he signed a licensing licensing deal with Fanatics, signed an NIL deal with Beats by Dre, became the face of AC plus Ion Water, joined a real estate private equity fund, and became part owner of a men's grooming company. All while he was sitting front row at the Lakers game. All while he was sitting next all to LeBron. While, all while he was sitting next to LeBron. Got to throw him on a petty train, man. Stop acting like you were out there really trying to decide whether or not to go to Wisconsin, my dude. <laughs> so he was talking that bull. Oh, boy, I tried to have faith in that dude. Like, you know what? Maybe he's making a real good decision. What would be best for him? You know, man, please. You are always going to USC. Yeah, he definitely yeah, always going to USC. Cool. Come on, man. Gotta he just had to. Train, he, dude. Yeah, he definitely threw us a curveball trying to say, like, you know, he's going for development. You was always, you had to develop it. It just oh, wasn't at Oklahoma, Oklahoma anymore. Hey, I ain't mad at him. You're right, DBZ. And I see my boy Ashley in the comments, man, calling me Debo on the NFTs. Yeah. That look, see, he dub was definitely getting to that bag. <laughs> he was definitely getting to that bag. That's right. <laughs> Man, why are y'all going at this cat, Braden Lindsay? What did the cat do? Hopefully he work with he's working with Chancey right now. That's one of the main people that need to work with Chancey, dude. Because right now, he's like a one-trick pony. Just a one-trick pony. One-trick pony, dude. Also, before we go, I don't know if you saw this, bro. Uh, the 2000s might be back in effect. Did you see this? Uh, Fanatics agreed to acquire Mitchell and Ness today in a deal for reportedly $250 million. Mitchell and Ness made seventy million in profit, off about three hundred and fifty million dollars in revenue in two thousand twenty-one. Some of the wow. investors in this deal: Jay Z, the the uh, Amelio family, Meek Mill, and Maverick Carter. Wow! Some of the investors. I retweeted it and I said, "Jerseys are about to flood hip hop again." Like, if you thought the early 2000s were crazy, with all the jerseys and all the videos. And all the videos. Oh, man. And I heard some of the um, some of those M&N jerseys right after the sale immediately got added to the NBA.com web website. Uh -oh. I'm telling you, we're about to be back in the early 2000s, bro. You're about to see jerseys everywhere in the streets now. That's right. I mean, I definitely can rock a couple jerseys now. You know what? I was baseball was my go-to. I always preferred the baseball jersey over the basketball jersey. I had I had the Shaq. I had the Shaq Orlando. Yeah, Rick. I think the baseball jersey is hotter then. The yeah. basketball got hotter now. Yeah, basketball. But was baseball hot. was hot. People were rocking baseball. Back then, yeah, and back then right. people was rocking in baseball jerseys. Yeah, Fab Fab was about to come back in style, Ty B. That's right. Fab, Fab had them. of the jerseys. Fab had them. Fab had football for him. He said he was on the football jerseys. 
Football jerseys are big. They real big. Don't sleep though. The the hockey sweaters, the hockey sweaters are killer. Oh, those nice. I haven't really get in those. Yeah, yeah. The hockey sweaters are killer. Matt, I haven't gotten that. They're really not that expensive. Like an authentic hockey jersey, because Mitchell and Ness jerseys would run you what 200, 225, 250, and then they would go up depending upon the player. I think a hockey jersey might be about authentic Hawks jersey might be about 175. Mm. Authentic Blackhawks. That's legit. Yeah. Lucky Lucky Podcast. We thank you all as always. We're brought to you by Nora Whiskey. Go to norawhiskey.com with that premium American whiskey. Norawhiskey.com. Don't forget to subscribe to Lucky Lefty Podcast on YouTube. Also available on Apple Podcasts on A2S Network. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Lucky Lefty Pod. So for the original Lucky Lefty himself, my name is Sean Davis at SD2 Mics. Stay in tune. We'll be back at it. Monday. See ya Monday. Monday. Right here. As always, spin it different.